Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. So glad to see everybody here. We got to have summers more often because we get a lot of visitors and get many people coming, and it's awesome. We're thrilled to have everybody here tonight. And I know everybody is thinking, What happened to you? I had a fight <laughs> with the floor <laughs> in Cincinnati, Ohio. So don't go and, and try to do something more for the Lord, right? The devil doesn't like it, you know? Um, girls, I need a pen up here. I'm sorry. I forgot to bring it. Anyway, we're going to open up to James. Thank you. I have awesome, awesome standards. James is where I'm going to open up, and we're going to... We, have our, we had a prayer meeting on Thursday night, as we always do right before we meet, and we pray for you guys, and oh, do we pray. But you know, we prayed that night, and we, we were talking about all the calls that are coming in the office, and we talked about all the ones that are coming in the email, and then we talked about us. Now, mind you, on Thursday night, I did not have this contraption on, but I had the pain, and I knew I had a big problem because I fell on the floor, I tripped over a cord. Like these cords in this big convention center, well, they didn't have them as good as Tim did because uh, I fell over it because it was a great big fat one. And uh, so anyway, I was by myself going, having fun and looking and got a book signed and uh, to somebody I know and guess what? The floor saw me and I went down and I just reached out my hand to stop myself if this that is going to do anything. And uh, guess what? Here I am. So the praise is, we thought we had a rotator cuff injury and a sh broken shoulder. I only got a broken shoulder. Hallelujah, no surgery. So God is good. So guys, just pray for healing and for God's protection on your family and our ministry and our everybody, all of our staff. We have people working, um, doing Spanish translations around the world. We need prayer for the ministry because we're proclaiming and the devil doesn't like it. But God is greater. God is greater. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. Don't ever get fearful of the enemy. You serve a risen Savior. He is King of Kings, Lord of Lords. And we got to remember that. But I'm going to open up because there's many of you that are facing circumstances that, that are going to be listening on the internet, that are going to be listening to this forever. Uh, it's going to be on our website. And I want to open up and I want to give you some hope and encouragement at the very beginning, and we're going to continue teaching this tonight. It's James chapter 1, verse 2. And I want you to say, somebody told me tonight, are you, you're seeing your injury as your glass is half full instead of half empty. 
Are you looking at your circumstances that God has allowed it and he's going to turn it around to good? He's going to strengthen your marriage and make your marriage to be all that he wants it to be, better than it was before, and hearts and lives are going to be changed and transformed, and your children are going to see that marriage is forever and that you're standing for the sanctity of your marriage and that we've got to stand up against the enemy. The Lord says there's a spiritual battle. It tells us to put on the armor of God. We need to be obedient to the word and to the Lord, but we need to never get weary because of circumstances. Stop looking at circumstances. I did a CD on that. Because if you look at your circumstances, the enemy will give you all the circumstances you want to see. But if you praise the Lord in the midst of your circumstances, you will get much more uh, victory sooner because God inhabits the praises of the Lord. We, are to we need to praise him morning, noon, and night. So it says in James 1, and I'm not going to teach now, believe it or not. James 1, verse 2, consider it pure joy. Have you started to consider it pure joy that you're in what you're in? Consider it pure joy. This is James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is speaking to, to us. My brothers, whenever you face trials of many kinds, so that covers yours. You're right? That covers yours. Loosen up, guys. Pretend you're thinking because you know that the testing, the testing, your testing of your faith develops perseverance. Now, I can tell you that I've, we've been in the ministry 26 years. And I can tell you, you can hear our stories, you can look at our devotionals, but you can know that Bob and I have been through testings. 16 years Bob went through testings with his health, but he wrote 19 books. You're going to go through testings to mature in the Lord. And perseverance must finish works. It's works so that you may be mature. Do we want to grow up? And complete, not lacking anything. If any of you lack wisdom, he should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. Now, there's a promise. So we want to start out this tonight. I want you to, we're going to talk about it more, but I want you to not say, woe is me, be depressed, be defeated, be discouraged. I want you to stand up and say, praise the Lord, God is greater. We serve a risen Savior, and he is in charge of your life. If you surrender your life and heart to him, He's going to guide and direct you, and he will speak to you each and every day through the word or through many different ways. Are you listening? Are you crying out to him? Are you talking to him? And that's the most important. We have to get serious about it. So we're excited about it tonight. I am excited that I'm here and teaching. I wasn't sure exactly what I was going to be doing because this contraption got put on today. I had not yet seen a doctor, and uh, we had delays with that. So, you know, I'm praising the Lord. I'm not defeated. I'm going to be healed in three to six months. So be it. Amen. You know, I mean, let's go and say, let's think about the good. Remember Philippians 4, and I'm going to keep teaching 
and the teaching is later. So let's get up, let's stand up, let's sing Great I Am, and we're going to sing This Amazing Grace. And I pray you will let these songs minister to you and get a lot of the Lord touching your heart tonight through music as you worship your Lord.
Amen. You may be seated. Now, before you get too comfortable, I'm going to send out an SOS. Scoot over some. So if some of you have empty seats, like maybe at your table, if there's an empty seat, wave, because there's a few people in the back looking for seats. So you see those hands, if anybody wants to move closer. And if you want to scoot over and leave spots on the end, that'll be good. Oh, yep, I see. Okay. So we've got a big crowd tonight. Welcome to Rejoice Pompano. My name is Lori, and I am Bob and Charlene's daughter. For those of you that I've not met, we are glad you're here. And um, we love having this big crowd tonight, so thanks for coming out. Now, some of you are brand new. If you are brand new to Bible study, you may be getting Charlene Cares for months, but if you're brand new to Bible study, if you did not get this, can you raise your hand? Because we like to have you just fill it out. Okay, raise them up real high, and the girls are going to pass them out. Okay, because we missed a couple of you. And then you could just leave those on the bookstore table at the end of the night when you're done or wave and we'll come get it. But we like to just update our information. So welcome again to Rejoice Pompano. Um, Who has got a birthday or anniversary in the month of July? You guys, I knew there was going to be a lot when I was driving over here. I was thinking people get married in the summer, so there's going to be a lot. Okay, well, we go over birthdays and anniversaries here at Rejoice Pompano. So we're going to start in the front this month. So we'll start right up here and just tell us your name and if it's your birthday or anniversary. And if it's your anniversary, tell us how many years it is. Happy birthday. That's a great day to have a birthday. (laughs) Okay, who else was in the front? Oh, right here. Okay, happy birthday, Jackie. July 13th birthday. Okay, second row. Happy, how many years, Zoila? 31 years. Oh, okay. July 5th. Okay, super. Happy anniversary. Okay, this side. Yes. Birthday. Happy birthday. Yes. Happy birthday, Susan. Okay, anybody else on this side? Okay, moving over to over here. Okay, yes. Oh, wait, I missed right in the second row here. Happy anniversary. Do you know that's my mom and dad's remarriage? Okay, yeah, she knew that. <laughs> they have two. She, they just wanted gifts, I think, so they celebrated both of them. But <laughs> Okay, over here. Okay, happy birthday. All right, in the corner. Th- happy anniversary. Okay, yes. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary. Okay, anybody else on this side? Yes, hi. Happy anniversary. Brian, yes. You did it all together, didn't you? <laughs> okay, is there anybody we missed? Birthday or anniversary? Okay, well, happy birthday to you all. Happy anniversary. Our gift to you is a free item. So on your way out, stop by the bookstore, and you could pick any CD or um, book that you'd like. And I'm going to give you two that I like. Um, I'm going to show you which ones. This is called Standing After the Prodigal Returns, and it's written by my mom. And it is talking about how she acclimated to life after my dad was home. Now, some of you that have a prodigal in the house, this is going to be helpful 
couple because you're living together and, and doing that every day. And so this is a great book. And then dun, 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 the other side, because we're fancy like that, is written by my dad. And it's called After the Prodigal Returns, Tips to Transition from Prodigal to Loving Spouse. And so this is a two-sided book. So it is a great read. Um, you get kind of both sides of the coin. So this is back there if you would like that for your free gift. And do any of you read fiction? How many of you like fiction books? A few, that's it? You guys, fiction is this big thing. I'm not a big fiction reader, so I'm with you. But for those of you that like fiction, we have this book that my dad wrote called The Save Seat. And it's a great book. And it is going through, um, it's fiction, but it's kind of based on real life things that have happened. And um, you'll find out in the book that it comes with this little card that says, seat saved for someone special. Do you get it? Like at church when you're your spouse? Get it? Okay. So anyhow, you got to read the book. <laughs> but that's a little something special in the book. So if you like fiction, this book is back there also. Um, if this is your first time to Bible study, we are so glad that you're here. And I know many of you have probably been reading The Charlene Cares, and so you probably feel like you've known us. Some of you have maybe even traveled to be here tonight. And so um, welcome, and if at the end of the night, we're going to feed you because that's what we do. So um, when we're having refreshments, before you go for refreshments or if you can grab it real fast, can you meet us at the round table if this is your first time to Rejoice Pompano? And we're just going to go over a couple things with you, and then we will let you get back to um, fellowshipping with each other. But this is a great opportunity to meet other people that are going through the same thing you're going through. Some are at different stages. And you will find somebody that is walking the same journey that you are. So welcome to those of you that are new tonight. Um, we're going to take a few minutes and just have a time of prayer. And um, we like to just kind of pray for each other. When you came in, you probably um, picked up one of the prayer lists. And we have the list of the people that have attended recently and just a prayer request. And we don't do it to divulge private things, but we do it so that we can be lifting each other up because we understand how isolating it can feel um, when you're in the middle of this and you feel like nobody understands. Your friends and family may think you're crazy. Your church may think you're crazy. You know, they may say your spouse is a bomb. And, but so we understand that. So the prayer list that we have there, please pick that up and take it home this month and pray for it. Um, but we want to just have a time to pray together right now. So what we're going to do is we're going to just take a couple of minutes and we're going to stand up and just pick one other person. Find one person on your row, one person that you know, a person you came with. But just get in groups of two and we're going to just um, pray for your request. So whatever is heavy on your heart tonight, just pray for that. And the person you're praying with will do the same thing. And um, then you'll remember that and hear that. So this month, as we're going in between, you can be praying for that person. It may be somebody you know. It may be somebody that you don't know. Um, men with men, women with women. And um, so we're just going to take a couple minutes to pray. And Facebook is live, and so they're watching us also. So if you're on Facebook, you be in a time of prayer right now also while we're doing this. So just stand up. We'll take a couple minutes to find one other person, and we'll have just a few minutes of prayer. will see when your face 
Lord, we come to you tonight, God, and we thank you for the prayers that are being lifted in this room. Lord, we thank you for every man and woman and for every marriage that's represented here tonight, God, and we pray that you would strengthen these marriages, Lord, whatever stage they're at, whether they're still together at home and in the beginning of their struggle or whether they are separated or divorced, God, we know that nothing is too difficult for you, and we thank you for that tonight. 
Lord, we pray for every prodigal spouse that's represented in this room tonight, and we just pray that even right now, God, that prodigal that has run away from their family would just feel the wooing to go back to you first, Lord, and then to their family. And God, we know that nothing is too hard for you. We know you are the God who heals diseases, the God who makes the blind to see, and we know that you are capable of changing hearts and lives. Lord, I pray that tonight as we continue on in this Bible study, that your presence would just be felt. I pray that you would just quiet our hearts before you and that we would just listen for what you have for us tonight. I pray that um, we would realize that we have the gift that we need, and that is you. And because of what you did by sending your son to die on the cross, that is all we need. So, Lord, we know the enemy has already been defeated. He was defeated on the cross, and we do not need to continue to battle him. God, we know how the story ends, and we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that you would be with us the remainder of the evening, and I pray that everything that is said and done and every word that is spoken in this room would bring you glory. In your name, amen. Please stand and we'll um, continue singing.
And how much do you love the Lord? Oh, my. That was the song I picked tonight before I teach. And I want to tell you, you wouldn't believe how many songs I listen to before I get the final one. You would be shocked. And the whole evening I do that. I listen to a lot of music, and we, I praise a lot. And I praise the Lord a lot. And I would just, I'm so excited. I am astounded. I can remember, let's go back. Grandma likes to talk about old days. I can remember when we were at the forum and we were busting at seams. But look around and see what the Lord has done tonight in bringing people around. We have Renata from Brazil. We have someone else, raise her hand, from Trinidad, right here. And I talked to a girl that lives in uh, Weston that has our, our Charlene Cares going out on a website there at Facebook, is it maybe? Where are you? I can't see. Everywhere. Our Charlene Cares is being translated because of our Charlene Cares with the Spanish website is going all over, she said, in Mexico. And so to God be the glory. To God be the glory. That is what we want to do. We, we want God to spread it around whatever way and wherever way he does it. So we are praising God. But we want you, since you've been here, to examine you tonight is where are you? Because we've been hearing all of the uh, SOS flags going up and send me a ship to come and get me because I'm sinking in the middle of a storm. It is July. I think I got a hurricane coming right over my house, you know? And, and I think some of you how many of you sometimes feel like you are in a storm? And where are you, Lord? You know? Okay, we got a few honest hands coming up. Okay, we're getting braver. Okay, so I want to tell you that this is what we want you to see. We want you to look around and say, you're not by yourself. God is calling a lot of men and women to not give up on their marriage. And we have got men and women together working on rebuilding their marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Do you read the Thursday and Saturday testimonies to see what God is doing in midst men, also men? Just so you notice, wives are coming back that have left. and So it's great. And I just want to encourage you is do not be defeated by your circumstances. Now, I want to tell you that's easy to say, when you're standing up here and you don't have all this, you know? And, uh, and I can't curl my hair. Uh, there, I could tell you a lot of my circumstances. Do you really need to hear them? Well, I would love, you know, we can say, how are you? Oh, well, you wouldn't believe what's happened now, you know? And you could go fill up that conversation with circumstances. And, or you can say, pray for my husband, pray for my wife, because I need you to pray that God is going to move on their heart and life because I am praising the Lord every day for what he's going to do. Now, I want to say this. You know, Lori always is reading from Jesus Calling. I told her today, don't read from Jesus Calling tonight because I am doing it. Because 
I read Jesus Calling every day, but I don't do it on the day that it says to read it. Now, I know that's different, but I am different. And uh, I'm different to do this for 26 years. And I am getting more excited the longer we do it. Because see God moving more than ever before. But, okay, I had an accident two weeks ago tonight in Ohio. And that really wasn't where I wanted to fall and make a scene. And I did. And I, so we were at urgent care that night. And when I came home and I flew home on Wednesday, I was saying, okay, Lord, I saved having to drive home on, in a car for 18 hours. That's the good news. And uh, I chose to not, because I, I did it well. So, but when I came home, I opened this up. And I have dates all over these. I, I, you can't see this, but this is well written over with my handwriting on top of all of the good nuggets of gold. Because I want to remind myself or remind my kids later on what the Lord was doing in my life. So I'm going to read you two devotionals from here. Bear with me because we're going to go turn to 1 Peter 5. I'm going to get you there so because we're, we're going to look up some scriptures and then I got a teaching. So hang in there. We're, we're going to go on a trip. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you have done in each of our lives. And we are believing for miracles. We're believing that you will block and stop divorce. We pray that you will cancel divorce in the courthouses. We pray that the husbands and the wives there will have Damascus Road experiences. We pray that you will uh, provide for all of the men and women that are having to readjust their uh, finances to live on uh, one salary when the bills are for two. Lord, we are asking you to move the mountains of anyone that is has illnesses coming upon them. We pray you would be with our dear friend Paige, who has been with us for so many years here and now is in Georgia and is battling cancer. And we prayed for her many months ago, and she is totally healed from the cancer spots then, but, but, but now she's been diagnosed with lung cancer in another couple of areas in the spleen. And we are needing to start chemo tomorrow, two different types of chemo. And we don't want to complain. When we hear somebody like Paige, and we're asking you to be with Paige, increase her strength, her power, her thankfulness that God is in control, and that we're praying for a supernatural healing with this medicine to kill every cancer cell in the name of Jesus. And we're praying for the young couple that are on our website, Anna and her husband, who had two little children, and they're both battling cancer. We ask that you would touch them, touch everyone on our chapel page, touch everyone on our divorce page, and may you block and stop and delay and postpone and finally cancel every divorce on our, on our divorce page. Father God, we are praying for breakthroughs. We're praying for the miracles that can, you can do. We're asking you to go rescue every one of our standards from the storms in their life that they're living in. You are the one that is the deliverer. You're the one that rescues men and women and their children each and every day from multiple 
horrible different type of circumstances. Lord, we thank you. We praise you. Now, Lord, we ask tonight that you will fill us up with the word of God and you will fill it have it to be overflowing, that we will learn to break some bad habits and learn to praise the Lord and learn how to tell people what we need to have them do. Pray, pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to tell you what last Thursday was. Last Thursday was Bob in our anniversary, July 7th, 1987. He came home, and that afternoon we got remarried a little bit after 2 o'clock in the pastor's office. And I want to tell you, I know Annie and I hope all of you read those devotionals. If you did it, go back because they were there for a reason of him sharing first about the two days for his anniversary about it. Then I did it. And then we put in the fun bus because fun bus is, is a real favorite of ours. And it's talking about Bob getting on a bus of fun of sin. Mm. <laughs> Does anybody relate? Uh, they think they're having fun. They're happy. They're not upset. They're not mad. They think they're having fun. Well, this fun bus story that you will read when you go back and read it, we'll find out that Jesus, that's, oh, oh, okay, you can't read it. I read and, and do devotionals in advance. Wait till you see fun bus this coming week. It's really going to be a lot of fun because it just is so true. So I'm going to zip my lips and we're not going to talk about fun bus. But you better read the devotionals. <laughs> okay. Anyway, let's go to, uh, let me read. Trust, thank me, thank me in the midst of the crucible. Did you hear that? Thank me. In the midst of the crucible, when things seem all wrong, look for growth opportunities. Especially look for areas where you need to let go. Let go and let God. Let go and let God take over and do what he wants. Especially look for areas where you need to let go, leaving your cares in my, God's able hands. Do you trust me? Still, are you still trying to make things to go according to your will? If you keep trying to carry out your intentions while I'm leading you in another direction, be on the lookout for what I am doing in your life. Look out for what I am doing. He's already working in your life. He is wanting to speak to you and touch you and change you and... and show you what his plan and his detour road he's putting you on. It's a road to pick up the cross and follow the Lord. And you will be blessed. You are going to have a relationship with the Lord like never before in your life usually. In fact, I can tell you, I'm glad I went through it. In the circumstances that Bob and I have had in the ministry when we go through the deep waters, every one of them, God got the glory on the ends at the end, what a way to go through a crisis and be able to say, I've been there, we've been, done that, and God has turned it around to good. 
When Bobby had his first stroke at 49, he could not type or use his hands at all. And the doctor said, bring in whatever it was like. I can't think of the word it was, but it was a tiny little thing compared to our fancy machines we have. But that was many years ago. And that was his therapy, one key at a time. He ended up writing 19 books. It didn't matter how many strokes he had. One stroke, he had a full stroke on the other side. He had a heart attack. You got to believe God is in control and has a plan and a purpose for your life, your marriage, your family, your children, your grandchildren. Are you ready to stand in the gap? And will you go through the fire, go through the storms, and be on the side waiting for them in heaven at the end. That's our goal. That's our goal. And if we have to go through storms throughout our life, ups and downs and ways, praise the Lord in the midst of it. Because the God will turn it around to good. Remember Romans 8:28, And it continues to say, be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. Be alert. Doesn't remember how many times does it say, be alert. Be on the lookout for what I am doing in your life. Worship me by living close to me, thanking me in all circumstances. Now, I want to take you to 1 Thessalonians because my pastor, when I went to tell him all my circumstances with Bob and our marriage, he told me, and this is the scripture that many of you that have been with us for a period of time, will recognize my scripture. But 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, and it's a tiny little book, but oh, does it have nuggets of gold. And I want to tell you, I'm going to have you go to it, because I hope you will um, highlight it, mark it, do something, and make it so you can remember to remember this scripture, remember this truth, remember all that it needs to be. And if I had two hands, I could find things a lot easier. Okay, 1 Thessalonians 5. Um, it says, and we're in chapter 5, verse 16. Be joyful always. How do you do? On your grade card, are you joyful always? Remember, I started out with, with James chapter 1. And I'm bringing it back right up to you again because I want us to have the joy of the Lord is your strength, okay? Consider it pure joy. Now it says be joyful always. But then what did Bob say to me when I got married and remarried on July 7th? He got, I got into the car and the first thing he said after I got in the car and left the office, he said, stop praying for me. Stop praying for me. And this... Verse says, verse 17, pray continually. Now, you have got to wake up to the truth that I'm trying to tell you that Bob taught us many years ago on our anniversary, and it was 29 years. Do you believe that? I don't believe that. I'm not that old, but the number says it. I, I'm doing well. I'm, that's all I can say. Um, 
pray continually. Are you? It's popcorn prayers. It's, it's, a, it's a, a, a just that you forget to even talk to the Lord all throughout the day. Do you t- tune him out when you go to work? Well, there's many times I'm asking the Lord, where did I put something? Or, Lord, what do I say to this email? What is your answer for this person? Because this person's got a difficult situation. So do you not say, Lord, what should I say to this person or business decision? Or, Lord, help me get this business decision. Let me get the sale of this house, Lord. Whatever you do, are you asking the Lord to bless your day throughout your day? Do it, okay? Include your husband also or your family members. Protect your children. Okay, verse 18, give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I want you to understand that. It's a hard scripture that my pastor gave me before I ever divorced Bob. And he said, Charlene, I really think if you would praise the Lord and give thanks to the Lord in all in your circumstances. He didn't say all. He said in your circumstances that this will be is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Now, I'm standing here now and I'm seeing God's will. Okay? Back at that time, do you know what I did? I got walked out of the office and said, he does not understand me at all. He doesn't understand my circumstances. And I went off and went home and threw that piece of paper away and forget it. Was I praying, being joyful always? No, I wasn't. But I will say the Lord has brought that up, and I, I teach it all the time, because he wants you to learn from my mistakes. He wants all of us to learn from each other's mistakes and not go down that detour road and not pick up the match and light a firecracker and get it blow up in your face like it in July 4th. We, he wants us to teach us, each other, in church, in Bible study groups, what not to do and what to do to grow in the Lord. And that's what we've got a choice. So will you, I'm asking you tonight, will you choose this summer to adopt the simple three points and be joyful, pray continually? That's what Bob said to me. Stop praying. If your husband, it's my husband said, stop praying, you need to turn up the pray. You need to turn up the heat. Turn up your prayer time. And and for this is, and give thanks. Praise the Lord. Even in the midst of the darkest times, and when you hurt the most, if you would praise him and say, Lord, praise the Lord. Uh, it's, I've got a broken shoulder, but I don't have a broken rotator cuff. You know, a torn rotator cuff. Praise the Lord. Will you turn it around to good? Will you be strong? Will you be courageous? Will you, during the battles, you know what? You know, that's what, that's what Joshua did. And Moses um, you know, I love going through numbers. I've been doing a, 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 a Facebook devotional, daily devotional, and it's doing going through the book in four years, book of the Bible, the whole Bible in four years, and it's doing different chapters, and we're doing numbers right now. And I love it. And, uh, but Jericho took, Joshua took, and we had to go through the Jericho Jericho wall and face the wall. He had to face that thick, thick wall of circumstances. But he also faced many more circumstances. 
And Moses died. And I, I want to just want you to understand that we have to be like Moses was. He was strong. He was courageous. When everybody cried out for water, for manna, for, for meat, he was strong. He was courageous. He went to God and did it. And I'm asking you, if you're battling fear, do not be afraid. Do not be worried and, and, and overcome with fear. I'm going to share two scriptures that I like that have helped me when I've been standing. And I'm still standing for other circumstances that, that we go through. But in Isaiah 41, it says in verse 9, halfway through in, in uh, the latter part of it, you are my servant. I've chosen you and have not rejected you. So do not fear. I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with, your right, with my righteous right hand. All Now here's the scripture that's for you. All who rage against you will surely be ashamed and disgraced. Those who oppose you will be nothing and perish. Now that's if they do not turn their heart to the Lord. But there's consequences to disobedience. What was Moses' consequences? Moses had a consequence. He was in numbers, it's in, but he was, was they were asking for water. And God said, I'll give you water. And he said, okay. And when he did it, he all of a sudden set, was so mad at the Israelites. And he said, you know, I, he was the spiritual leader. He was the example. He had to listen to the Lord's word. And, and he had to obey it. But when he uh, did it, he, in Numbers 20, I'll give it you the chapter so you can mark it and read it later. Um, but in Numbers 20, verses 1 to 13, I'm just going to read a few uh, verses out of it. Because he got very upset with them. And, you know, you want to know Numbers 20. If you would write down beside your Bible, that was going into, that was the 39th year of them walking around, waiting to get to the promised land. And that was so many times it was not, they were not in the promised land, was due to their disobedience and their complaining and all of the moaning, the groaning, the grumbling. And we don't want to do that. We want to know that this is that, this chapter begins in the 40th year that he was um, going around. They quarreled with Moses and, and Aaron. And he says, if only we died when our brothers fell uh, dead before the Lord. And then it goes, um, the Lord said to Moses, verse 8, take the staff, you and your brother Aaron, and gather the assembly together. Speak to the rock. Speak to the rock before their eyes, and it will pour out its water. And you will bring water out of the rock. So Moses took the staff from the Lord's presence, just as he commanded them. And he and Aaron gathered the assembly together. Verse 11, then Moses raised his arm and struck the rock twice with his staff. Water gushed out, 
and his community and their lives stopped, drank. But God, I put that extra word. Because you know why I do that. Verse 12, Numbers 20, write it down to study it later. But the Lord says to Moses and Aaron, because you did not trust me enough to honor me as holy in the sight of Israelites, you will not bring this community in the land I give them. You know, when you study the whole Bible and read the Old Testament and the New Testament, you will find out that it, sh it showed that when he got angry, he was in the flesh, and he was the leader, and he had to be doing what God told him to do. He had to be obedient, and we need to be obedient. I think that is such a key word in our, in our walk with the Lord. We have to be obedient and grow in the Lord. And we can, we don't, and there's a consequence if we keep going up and down, yo-yo and standing and not standing, or going on a detour road or anything. And so I want you to know that um, the Lord wants you in Joshua 1, he said to, to Joshua, who is the person that took the, the Israelites into the promised land? And that is so important. We have to realize that Mo Aaron went up to the mountain and he died. Moses went up to the mountain later and he showed, God showed him the promised land and in a special way, and you'll read about it. And then he got to see it and then he died. So please, people, now God's come, and we've got the blood of Jesus, the cross. I don't, I don't want you to say I, I, we forget that. I want you to understand that the Lord wants us to beware. The reason we're standing in the gap is for your husband and wife and all your children to get saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Spirit, be serving the Lord, come back home, praising the Lord, or getting saved when they come home, as many have, and that we are really going to see that they have been set free from any bondage, any sexual immorality, any drugs, any alcohol, any pornography. They can be set free. It says in, in John 8, I read this today, and I thought, how often do we say, then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free? We always say that. But go back to this verse before. Go back to verse 31. To the Jews who had believed him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. And it's challenging us. We have to grow in the Lord. We have to be strong and courageous. We have to accept the assignment and go through the deep waters, go through the fire, and be willing to go through the, the upward and downward circumstances that you may receive on the phone call or email, but we are not going to give up, and we're not going to be defeated. We're going to be strong. We're going to be courageous, as Joshua was, was in verse 1. We're going to go to Psalm 18. I'm getting ready to close um, because I'm going to surprise you with a, a surprise tonight. You're not going home early. 
Okay, I deleted that. But um, Lori's going to come up and teach. So, um, but Psalm 18, let's go there. And Psalm 18, I want you to realize who we serve. I love you, Jesus. Jesus loves us. We have got to get to the point that we know how much the Lord loves us and how much he wants us to, how much his plan and purpose for us is so great. Do you have the vision of that? Have you gotten to the point that you're not at the painful stage where they just left or you're just working on restoration and having to work on rebuilding your marriage after the tornado struck your whole foundation in, it, in its ruin? But that's okay. What do the people in all the Midland states say? We're going to rebuild. We're not going to give up. Don't they say that? Sure they do. If the fire takes the middle of a city and, and ruins whole downtown, what did they do? We're going to rebuild. Twin Towers, we rebuilt and said, we're going to be here stronger. We're going to be strong and courageous, and we're not going to be afraid of the enemy. Where are you? Are you going to stand up and say, Satan, you cannot have my husband, you cannot have my wife, you cannot have my children. You can't have me and steal the joy that I have lost. I want you to fill me up, Lord, with the Holy Spirit, with the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the faithfulness, the, the, the gentleness, and self-control. Where are you? Let us overflow with that. Let us be strong. Let us be courageous. But let us, let us never give up on our family, give up on, on other people's marriages. Let us be the prayer warriors for your neighbors, for your co-workers, and for everyone else. You can, you can stand up and be a witness. God can use you so mightily in the prayer closet, and it can be popcorn prayers. God loves you to pray popcorn prayers. You know, they look like they got marriage problems in church. They, they're fighting or in the car, you know, they're not in yet. You know, pray for them. If the kids are acting difficult at, at school, you may be a teacher. Will you pray for them? Well, we take the responsibility of the intercessors and read the word and stand up and praise the Lord. And while you're praying, pray for America. Will you pray for America? Because if you haven't felt the call of praying for America, praying for Texas, praying for all the states that are having the crazy shootings, and pray for your policemen and all the people that are protecting us, the firemen, the policemen, and everyone else, all of our military that risk their life and die. Will you pray for them? Will you pray for the election? Pray. You know what? We have no idea what God can do and, and how he can rescue and save people. But we need to pray continually for many different ways. Don't, don't pray the same prayer every day. Pray short popcorn prayers. Lord, watch somebody on TV. 
the lady that, that had a bullet in, the policeman covered her up and protected her child. She was sobbing. And I said, Lord, I don't know who she is, but Lord, I pray you meet her needs and help all the other ones that were wounded and now come back and face what happened. Pray for others. Pray for all the standers around the world. Pray for the prodigals. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We just give you the praise and the glory for everyone that is here, for everyone that's listening around the world. We just ask that you would meet their most urgent need and that they would continue to pray. If they can do nothing else, you can pray, help me, Jesus. Help me. Supply my needs. Help me with this problem. Help me with my children. Lord, put peace in my children's lives. Help them at school. Help them wherever. Lord, you cry out and speak plain English. That's what the Lord wants to hear from you. And pray without ceasing. Pray for America. Pray for others. Jesus says that we are, uh, we are examples by loving one another and loving our enemies. Pray for your husband. Pray for your wife. Pray for the other people that are in their lives that shouldn't be. And may they have godly relationships and sever, cut, and destroy all ungodly relationships. And now, Lord, we just ask that you will bless the rest of this meeting in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's stand up and sing one more song. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song of deliverance from my enemies till all my fears have come. I'm no longer a slave to fear. I am a child.
Thank you for not leaving when she said Lori was going to come share. <laughs> we were trying to surprise you because we gave her a little bit of a break instead of standing up here. But did you listen to the words that you just sang? You split the sea so I could walk right through it. I am no longer a slave to fear. Do you fear, feel, fear, feel fearful tonight? We're no longer slaves. And you need to own that and stop letting the enemy tell you that you do need to be filled with fear because that is not from God, that is from the enemy. God is for us and he can make a way. And it's hard to remember that when we're in the middle of the hard times. And when we're in the middle of the sea and the waves are crashing over us, it's hard to remember that we serve a God that will separate that sea in his perfect timing. What are you in the middle of tonight? Are you in the middle of standing for restoration? Are you in the middle of waiting for an absent spouse to come back home? Are you in the middle of wishing that you would hear from your spouse and you would have some communication? Are you in the middle of praying that the restoration that happened so long ago would finally take growth and that you would have a godly marriage that you've longed for? Middles are hard and middles are tiring and they're filled with a lot of unanswered questions. Beginnings are where it's exciting, and beginnings are where it's fun, right? Even diets, the first day of a diet, that's exciting for like two meals, and then you're sick of it. I love the beginning of a calendar year in January. You start that new calendar, and you are just got fresh hope. There's nothing on that calendar. It just looks so nice and promising of what's to come. The beginning of a new school year, I have a 10-year-old who's starting fifth grade, and the school supply list came out a few days ago, and she was already packing up her school supplies, which she likes the beginnings, like her mommy. <laughs> I love starting a new to-do list. I love beginnings, because beginnings are full of hope and promise. They're full of things that we don't know that are coming, and we can wipe away the past when we have a new beginning. But in the middle is when doubt starts to creep in. Middles are hard. The middle is where I tend to give up. In the middle is where I forget what I'm aiming for and I lose sight of the finish line. I lose sight of the promises made and I lose sight of who God really is. Turn with me in your Bible to John chapter 11. And we're going to go through a long chapter here, but we're going to kind of skip through it. It's the story of Lazarus. And I'm going to read it from the um, Holman Study Bible. So John 11, and we'll start at verse 11 or verse 1, excuse me. Now a man was sick, Lazarus from Bethany, the village of Mary, and her sister Martha. Mary was the one who anointed the Lord with fragrant oil and wiped his feet with her hair. And it was her brother Lazarus who was sick. So the sisters sent a message to him, Lord, the one you love is sick. When Jesus heard it, he said, this sickness will not end in death, but it is for the glory of God, so that the Son of God may be glorified through it. Now Jesus loved Martha, her sister, and Lazarus, so when he heard that he was sick, he stayed two more days in the place where he was. Then after that, he said to the disciples, let's go to Judea again. Skip down to verse 11. He said this, and then he told them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep, but I'm on my way to wake him up. Then the disciples said to him, Lord, if he has fallen asleep, he will get well. Jesus, however, was speaking about his death, but they thought he was speaking about natural sleep. So Jesus told them plainly, Lazarus has died. 
I'm glad for you that I wasn't there so that you may believe, but let's go to him. Then Thomas, called twin, said to his fellow disciples, let's go so that we may die with him. Verse 17, when Jesus arrived, he found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. Many of the Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them about their brother. As soon as Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went to meet him, but Mary remained seated in the house. Then Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. Yet even now, I know that whatever you ask from God, God will give you. Your brother will rise again, Jesus told her. Skip down to um, verse 32. When Mary came to where Jesus was and saw him, she fell at his feet and she told him, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. Those are bold words, right? When Jesus saw her crying and the Jews who had come with her crying, he was angry in his spirit and deeply moved. Where have you put him, he asked. Lord, they told him, come and see. Jesus wept. So the Jews said, see how he loved him? But some of them said, couldn't he who opened the blind man's eyes also have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, angry in himself again, came to the tomb. It was a cave, and a stone was lying against it. Remove the stone, Jesus said. Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, he's already decaying. It's been four days. Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? In my Bible, next to that, I have the word faith written there. Verse 41, so they removed the stone. Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me because of the crowd standing here. I said this so that they may believe you sent me. After he said this, he shouted with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, bound hand and foot with linen strips, and his face was wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, loose him and let him go. What looked impossible and what they thought was a hard middle was actually God orchestrating what he was doing. 17 years ago, I was in a yucky middle, one of many that I feel like I've been in. I was 34 weeks pregnant with my first set of twins. That's another story because I've had two sets of twins. I'm like Noah, I tell my husband, we do things two by two. I was in the hospital having been admitted for high blood pressure and they decided they were just going to leave me there as long as they could and get the baby safely to delivery. And I, complied for a couple days, but then my body decided it was time to move on and time to have the babies out. And so I became very sick. The doctor decided that he would schedule a C-section for Saturday morning at 10 a.m. And Friday night, the night before, I thought I was dying. I had um, preeclampsia. They had not been able to control it. I was having symptoms from that. I was having a reaction to the medication. I was just sick. I was as sick as I had ever been. I called my husband in the middle of the night. I called my mom in the middle of the night, and I was nervous. The nurse came to my bed, and she said, we have a doctor here, and he said he can deliver you right now, but nobody will be here. So you'll just have the babies now, and your family can't come, but it will at least get you on the road to wellness. And I thought, these are my first kids, and I'm having twins, and my husband needs to be here. And So he said, you can wait, and we'll just give you more medicine, and I decided to wait. 
It had been a long wait getting to that point. And so by this point, my mom and my husband and my dad were already awake, so they started heading to the hospital. And we waited um, a little while till the 10 a.m. clock came. And I felt like I was stuck in the middle waiting for my death because I was so sick. Um, my parents were scared, my husband was scared, and I was scared. And that morning, 10 o'clock came, and my dad was actually the one that pushed my wheelchair down the hall, and we went to the operating room. And the doctor um, performed a C-section, and Kyle and Kayla were born. Immediately, because they were so early, they were taken to the NICU, and I was taken to the recovery room. And here I was, waiting again. Scott and I had waited a long time for that moment. We had gone through years of infertility, and we had gone through testing and surgeries and a miscarriage. And I thought that my moment was finally there, but I was waiting. I was in the same building as my babies, but I still could not be with them. Scott brought me a Polaroid picture. Do you remember what those are, those little <laughs> things that come out? And it was a picture that was in their incubator, um, a picture of me in the recovery room, and I had the two Polaroid pictures of them. He was the go-between for me in a recovery room and for the babies in their NICU. And eventually, several hours later, they let me be wheeled to the NICU so that I could see them. And the moment that I grabbed their tiny little fingers, every moment that I had waited for that second vanished. It was as if it had never happened. All the tears that had been shed, the days that I had decided I couldn't go to a friend's baby shower, or I couldn't go to the mall and watch another 15-year-old mom pushing a baby around, all of those days were gone. Every moment that we have waited for a promise to be fulfilled will vanish when we reach the end. James 1.4 says, Perseverance must finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. God is our provider, and he doesn't want us to lack, even in those hard middles. Psalm 145:16 says, The eyes of all look to you and give them their food at the proper time. Not at my time, but at the proper time. Your open hand, you open your hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. When Lazarus died, Mary and Martha thought that Jesus had failed them. In John 11, we find them frustrated that Jesus had not shown up on what they thought was the perfect time. They were waiting in the middle. Jesus arrived four days later. I mean, four days after a death. You think there's no hope. You think it's done. It's over with. They both said to him, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. Have you ever whispered that to God or shouted that to God? If you would have blank, this would not have happened. If you would have blank, I wouldn't be in this situation. If you would have just blank, my spouse would be home. Jesus answered to them in John 11:40. You need to circle this in your Bible because it says, Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Four days after his death, Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead with three words, Lazarus, come out. Joseph is another person in the Bible that had a long wait. In Genesis 39, we read about Joseph being falsely imprisoned after Potiphar's wife accused him of misconduct. He was falsely accused. He was despised by his family. He was punished, 
even when he was the person that had done the right thing. Do you ever feel like that? Sound like something you've gone through? Being accused of things that aren't true? Have you been abandoned by a spouse or abandoned by a relative or abandoned by your church as you go through this journey? In Psalm 37, 7, the Bible says, be silent before the Lord and wait expectantly for him. Do not be agitated by the one who prospers in his ways, by the man who carries out evil plans. Every moment we have waited for a promise to be fulfilled will vanish when you reach the end. The Bible tells us in Genesis 39 that God was with Joseph. He granted him favor. Have you seen the favor of God in your trials? The wardens even had favor on Joseph when he was in jail. But Joseph was still in jail. He was still stuck in the middle. And his middle was that jail cell. And you might feel like you're in a jail cell right now. Was God capable of rescuing him? Absolutely. But he had a bigger plan. Remember John 11? Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? In Genesis 18, we find another couple that's stuck in the middle, Abraham and Sarah. They were stuck in the middle for a long time as they longed for a child. And in Genesis 18, we find the Lord appearing to Abraham. Abraham was hospitable, and three men appeared to him as he offered to wash their feet. So Abraham did what any man would do and said, honey, go bake some bread. (laughs) And so Sarah went in to bake bread as Abraham sat with Jesus. In Genesis, let's look there in verse um, 9, Genesis 18. I'm going to read a couple of those verses. They ask, where is your wife Sarah? There in the tent, he answered. The Lord said, I will certainly come back to you in about a year's time, and your wife Sarah will have a son. Now Sarah was listening at the entrance of the tent behind him. Abraham and Sarah were old and getting on in years. Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. So she laughed to herself. After I have become shriveled up and my Lord is old, will I have delight? But the Lord asked Abraham, why did Sarah laugh, saying, can I really have a baby when I'm old? Is anything impossible for the Lord? Has God called you out when you've laughed at him? (laughs) Yes, he's done it to me. At the appointed time, I will come back to you, and in about a year, she will have a son. Sarah denied it. I did not laugh, she said, because she was afraid. But he replied, no, you did laugh. God could have saved them the hardship. They could have had that child early on in their life. Abraham was 100 years old when they had a child, but God had a bigger plan. So do you trust God's bigger plan? Do you trust in God and in his character and who he is? If so, you know that he is for you and he's not against you despite what you feel on those lonely days. He's on your side and he wants the best for you even when we laugh at the ridiculousness of his plan and what he's asked us to do. So today, what are you in the middle of? Are you in the middle of waiting for your spouse to come home? Are you in the middle of waiting for an apology from somebody that you love? Are you waiting for an explanation from someone? Are you waiting for an unsaved um, spouse to surrender to God and to come back to you? What are you in the middle of today? 
You may want affirmation and acceptance and approval from your spouse. And one day that may come. But God is truly all that you need today. And he can meet your needs. He's the only one who can give you that affirmation and the approval that you're longing for. You're not going to get it from your spouse the way you want it. They cannot meet the needs that God is designed to meet. So while you're in the middle, you need to know that you're not alone. And he's with you and he's carrying you through it. And he may be allowing this season to last longer because there's some cleaning that needs to happen. Just like we clean out the closets in our home, we need to ask God what needs to be cleaned out and those hidden places in your heart. Where are you not fully surrendered to him? Where are you holding on to things that you need to be giving to God? When we look in the mirror in the morning, we see a reflection, and there's no hiding that reflection. It shows every wrinkle, every hair out of place, every gray hair. It shows the truth when we look in that mirror and see that reflection. And when we're in the middle, we need to trust God and look in his face while we're waiting for that stone of circumstances to be removed from what seems like a grave. We need to be reflecting Christ when we're looking at him. When we're looking in the face of Christ, all we see is his reflection. Let him show you what he wants from you. Let him show you how you can be made in his image. Let his reflection be the only thing that you see. So you're not looking beside you. You're looking straight into the face of Christ. And that happens when we spend time with him, when we get quiet before him, and when we sit alone with him and study his word, and when we talk to him and commune with him, that's when we can really hear from God. God's given you an assignment, and for most of you that are in here, that assignment is to stand for your marriage and to stand for restoration. And you need to ask God what needs to be cleaned out for that assignment to be fulfilled. It may mean letting go of a friendship that dishonors him. It may mean an addiction that you've gotten involved in. It may be an idol that you've allowed to take the place where God is. And that idol might be your stand. That might be the most important thing in your life over your relationship with Christ. And that's not how he wants it. Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? So my question tonight is, what stone is blocking you from seeing God's glory? Just as Jesus removed the stone from Lazarus, he can remove the stone of circumstances that's blocking the tomb. What is in your heart? What are you asking God to show you? It might be disbelief. It might be fear that we were just singing about. It might be anxiety or addictions, unforgiveness, bitterness. In a minute, we're going to close as we usually do with prayer. But before we pray, I'm going to ask you right now to just quietly, we're going to have a time of prayer. And as we pray quietly, ask God to show you what is the stone that's blocking your heart and what needs to be removed so that you can see his goodness and his glory. Every moment that you have waited for a promise to be fulfilled will vanish when you reach the end. So let's have a time of prayer right now. God, we come to you tonight 
And Lord, we know that there's things that are hindrances right now to, to a relationship that you really want us to have. And God, for some of us, it's anxiety and it's fear. It's fear of the future and it's fear of the unknown of what's lying ahead. For some of us, it's things that we're losing because of the, the demise of a marriage. It's things that are being taken away from us in a court and things that have happened when we've had to move out of a house. Lord, I pray whatever that is tonight that we would just surrender it to you. God, I pray that just as you removed that stone from Lazarus's grave and you said, Lazarus, come out, that you would do the same thing for each and every marriage here. God, we know this room reflects many different homes and many different families, and some are just at the beginning stages of struggling and noticing that things are not right and it's not the way it should be, and others are divorced and it feels like their marriage is, is just like Lazarus. It's dead and it's been too long. And God, we know that you are the one that can restore. It's nothing in our power and in our might, but it's you in your power. And God, tonight I pray that you would just prick every single heart in this room, Lord, and convict each person of the area that we need to fully surrender. Lord, we know middles are hard, and it's not easy when we're in the middle. It feels like we're never going to reach the finish line. But we know that you have a perfect plan, and when we get to that point, Lord, we know that we will rejoice. God, it seems so hard when we're on this earth and living day after day in heartache, and we know that this is just such a vapor of time and that what we are really looking towards is eternity. So, Lord, I pray that you would just protect each family that's represented here, God. I pray that you would protect the person that is standing and praying for their family, and I pray that you would keep them pure, protect them from the evil one who would want to give them discouragement and despair. I pray that you would just help us to look towards the future and to be so heavenly-minded that the things the enemy tries to throw at us on earth do not even phase us. God, tonight I just pray that you would help us to just remember that we have stones that you can roll away. Just as you rolled that stone away, I pray that you would just help us to not forget that you're not a God of 2,000 years ago who did amazing things back then, but you're a God who does amazing things today. And we thank you for that. We thank you for each and every person that shouts those testimonies and those praises of what you've done from the rooftops, God. And help us to be able to see those things, even when it's little things, Lord. I pray that we would just be so focused on seeing you around us that we notice the little things that are happening. God, as we continue on tonight, I pray that we would just continue to be blessed as we're here, and I pray that the enemy and what he's trying to stir up with confusion would not happen, and I just pray that marriages would go towards the cross tonight, God, even if it's one spouse drawing a line in the sand and saying, I'm not going to give up, and I'm not going to give this marriage to the devil. I pray that you would just help us to have that tenacity. Sometimes we need to fight for someone who doesn't know they need to fight for yet. And I pray that you would just help each and every person in this room to be willing to be that Noah, to be the person that seems crazy now, but they're fighting and they're building an ark for a family and for future generations. I pray that you would bless their obedience. I pray that you would bless their um, perseverance as they continue on. And I pray that they would just be able to see your blessings poured out on them for their obedience in your life. In your name, amen. See? The next generation. I, I don't think I'm going to live till 120 yet, but...
God is good, right? We are so blessed to have a family that we do have in ministry. Lori, I, I'm going to surprise you. Don't go far. Um, we're going, we have over 90 people here tonight. That is something to praise the Lord about. <laughs> to God be the glory. And back just a couple of months ago, and the ones that were here, and we had a big class that night, we had all the men come up, several men I invited, uh, to pray for us. Do you all remember that? And did you all like it? Yes, I know you did. I heard about it. The men heard about it. Well, we're going to have the women come up that I am involved with, and they're going to pray tonight instead of the men. And that, of course, includes my daughter, Lori, and then I've got our prayer group that met with me on Thursday night. And uh, I want Donna to come up first because Donna is our newest employee, and you may not have met her, but Donna, come on up. And uh, she has just started with us a few weeks and months ago. And uh, many of you may know or recognize her from uh, Calvary Chapel, but we're thrilled to have her, and she has been a true asset. You get to come all the way across because we're going to be right here. Um, and she has been an asset, and she prays with people and works with us, and she's just learned a lot about this ministry really fast. And uh, she sees people from South Africa, and she sends me the emails and says, look, you know, and so we're excited. And we, we are so blessed. We are just praising the Lord that we can pray for people around the world. It's not just America that has this problem. And then we um, have Beatrice and Beverly, and they've been with me for several years. Beatrice has uh, worked with the Spanish ministry uh, many years. And so come on up, guys. Um, and they're going to pray with us. And um, they are been my prayer partners uh, for years, and last but not least is, uh, is Deanne, and she and Beverly pray and talk to people on the phone uh, four days a week uh, here at the ministry. So come across here, and uh, I, we don't want to get the lights too much in our face, so we're going to use the... So I don't know who's going to choose to pray first. We're going to use the microphones, and uh, you're going to use the microphone when you feel led to pray, and, uh, or you can, and I don't want to make you start first. Uh, that's not fair. But, but anyway, the newest one gets it, you know. <laughs> um, but anyway, this is uh, some people that you may see or know, but you don't really know their names. But uh, they're, uh, you're gonna, she's going to do it. Beatrice, you are the light of, the Lord is the light of the world, and you've got the light in your face right now, you know. So anyway, <laughs> I knew it was coming, but girls, those are two granddaughters. The, all the ones that are visiting tonight, that is uh, the last one with the brown sweater on is Madison, and that's Tim's daughter, and Kayla it's Kayla who was in the story today. So she's 17, and we just did her birthday, and she's 17 years old. So uh, to God be the glory. So anyway, this is our team, and we want to pray. We want you all to stand up. Let's uh, get in the attitude of prayer. What we have done with all the new people that we have, which I just praise the Lord, all the visitors we have tonight, um, is that we pray at the end. And um, we just want to lift up your most urgent prayer. That's why we did the prayer before. 
and, and that one-on-one -on -one or two or three people that you had to pray your most urgent need. So you go home tonight and you remember those two or three people that you met and pray for them the rest of this week. We all have different trials, different tribulations, different timings, but we also have a lot of praising to do. Do we not? Do we not have time that God does things? Praise the Lord we have a job. Praise the Lord we have a house. Praise the Lord we have food on our house and our table. We got to get back to the basics. Because you know what? There's a lot of people that have it. Praise the Lord we don't have fires. Praise the Lord we have not floods in our cities. So let's get back to reality. That by the grace of God we have what we have. And we don't grumble and complain like the Israelites and go 40 years into a circle. And that's what we are trying to say tonight. Let us be praising the Lord and believe what God is telling us. God is speaking to some of you so mightily. Will you believe what the Lord is speaking to you and forget what you're facing right this second and go through it with the Lord holding his righteous right hand. So Lord, we're going to pray tonight. And if... Um, if any one of you have an urgent need, we have Dee Dee here. She is a nine months pregnant, and she was standing for her marriage, and now she's birthing a baby. So we have another baby in the family coming. Now in a couple, three months, raise your hand, and a couple, three months, she's going to bring the baby in, and we just had uh, another baby come. So you know what? When we have restored marriages, we get babies, so uh, local babies. And uh, so we are just praising the Lord. God is awesome. We want you to increase your faith to believe what the Lord, you didn't find us by accident. God told you about us, or you found us on the internet, or somebody referred you two or three times, and you finally said, okay, I'm desperate, I'll go. You know, I mean, I hear all the stories, but I want you tonight, as we pray, pray in agreement, and pray your most urgent prayer to the Lord. He knows what it is, but speak to him if you want. But we're going to pray in, in agreement, in unity, that you're not by yourself, and we've got standards around the world watching these shows and these programs and listening to them tomorrow, and we want to pray for them also. We're all in this together for marriage restoration. Thank you, Lord Jesus. We uh, lift your name up on high today. We just thank you and praise you like Charlene said. We need to thank you first for what we do have, and we have your Holy Spirit I'm going to ask now that the Holy Spirit rain down on us, Lord. Amen. Fill us with your spirit. Lord, we need you. We need to die to our flesh and live for you. Lord, help us not to look at our circumstances like we heard tonight, but look to Jesus. Lord, you are our faith. You are our hope. You are love. Help us to keep our eyes fixed on the author and finisher of our faith. I'm just going to pray for every single family represented here tonight that your Holy Spirit would fall afresh on them that they would walk out of here with renewed faith, renewed hope, renewed love for you. Lord, give them that peace that can only come, can only come from you. You are the Prince of Peace. I'm going to ask for every marriage in here to be restored. I'm going to ask for every person's heart, Lord, to know they're married to Jesus first and that you are our Prince of Peace. And we're going to thank you in advance for all of the miracles and the restored marriages we're going to thank you in advance, Lord, for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Almighty God, 
you are the great I am, Jehovah Yahweh. And we praise and honor your holy name. And Lord, we lift this evening to you and each and every spouse and family represented here. And Lord, we know there's great power in prayer. Your word in James 5 and 16 says, the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman availeth much. And Lord, we know that in Psalms 125 and 2, it says, as the mountains surround Jerusalem, you are our defense. And we ask, Lord, that you defend each and every one of us, Lord. And we ask you, Lord, that you continue to fight for each and every marriage that is represented in this room and across this land, this nation, and the world. For, Lord, we know your word says in Isaiah 59 and 19 that when the enemy comes in like a flood, your word, it is written that you will raise up a standard, that the spirit of the Lord shall raise up a standard and come against it. And we ask, Lord, that you would come against each and every plot, scheme, device, every demon in hell, and anything that is trying to rob each and every one of us from the promises of marriage restoration that you have given each and every one of us. We ask that you continue to fight for us, Lord, just like Lazarus, who was dead. Lord, any dead marriage you can resurrect. Amen. So we ask, Lord, that you resurrect the dead marriages represented in this room and all the hurting marriages. And just like in the book of John 11, where you raised Lazarus from the dead and you called him forth, we call forth in the mighty name of Jesus every marriage represented in this room for your glory, Lord, that those grave clothes would come off each and every spouse Amen. that's out there wandering Amen. around in the world and lost. We ask, Lord, that you would rescue them for your glory, Lord, and continue, Lord, to touch each and every spouse that is represented in this room and every prodigal that is out there lost in the world. Bring them home, Lord, first to you, and then bring them home to their spouse and their family and be glorified Amen. in each and every marriage represented in this room, this nation, this land, and the world for your glory, Lord, for you are the God of the impossible. Nothing is too hard for you. Help us, Lord, to not look at the circumstances swirling around us, that if you have given us promises, Lord, in any and all ways that you can, you can uh, reveal yourself to each and every one of us, Lord, that we remember what you have showed us in days past and that we cling and we hold on to that, and that you and you alone are the God of the impossible. You work best in the most impossible circumstances, and we give you all the glory, honor, and praise that you will be glorified, not only in our lives, but in our spouses' lives, and in our restored marriages for your glory, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Thank you, God. Father, we thank you that you're right here in the midst of us, Lord God, as we're gathered. And Lord, we thank you for your word says there's power in agreement, Lord, where one Amen. can put a thousand, two can put 10,000. Father, just imagine what we're loosing from this room tonight, Amen. God, with our, our agreement and our, our, our unity, Father God, that there is such power going forth, Lord, with this agreement, with these prayers, Father. Lord, we know that you have not forgotten us. You have not forgotten the standards in this place and around the world, Father. There are thousands of, thousands of us, God, that are believing, and as Lori said in her, in her teaching, that if we only believe, we shall see the glory of our God. Yes. 
So, Father, we praise you that you never sleep, you never slumber. God, you are always working. You always hear our prayers, and you are working to bring them to pass, Father. And your perfect time, God, you hear every request. Father, every tear that we shed, you catch, you hold, Father God. Lord, I thank you that you know every Sanders heart, Father God. You know that hope deferred makes the heart grow weary. So, Father, we're asking you to renew our hope this night, Father God. Renew the hope, Father. Just bring the resurrection life and the resurrection power, Father, back into our stands, back into our faith, back into our trust in you, Lord God, and in your word and in your promises, God, that are yes and amen to us. Father God, we bind the spirit of heaviness Several that I prayed with today, Father, there's so much heaviness. There's so much depression and oppression. Father God, the discouragement, the sorrow, the grief, the brokenheartedness, the, the confusion, the loneliness, Father God, even suicidal thoughts, Father God. Lord, that spirit is not from you. It is Amen. from the enemy. And we bind the spirit of heaviness right now, Father, from every stander in this room, every stander across the world. We declare it is powerless over us, Father. We cast it into the sea in Jesus' name. And Father, we loose the oil of joy. The oil of joy, Father God, and we put the garment of praise. We choose, as we said tonight, to rejoice. We choose to put that garment of praise on, Father God, that we will rejoice. We will rejoice, Father God, and that joy, the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Father, I declare that we will walk with our heads held up high. We will have dignity, Father God. We will not feel less than because we're in the situation that we are. We will not be ashamed. We will not be embarrassed, Father God. We are sons and daughters of the Most High God. We know who we are, and we know whose we are, Father God, that we would stand on that, Father, that we would know, God, that you've got us, Father, that you're holding holding us safe in the palm of your hand. Father, and we praise you that you know the plans you have for us. They are for good and not evil, for a hope and a future. And Father, you plan to restore our marriages. You plan, Father God, you, you're not willing that any should perish. Amen. You don't want our prodigals to perish, Father God. <clears throat> Jesus came to save them. He died for them. He loves them. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us, Father. And it's not about us loving you, but you first loved us. So, Father, we thank you that you love our prodigals so much. You love our spouses and you love our children that are out there in the, in the darkness, Father God. You love them and you will rescue them, Father. We thank you for pouring out your spirit upon them. We thank you for capturing their hearts, Lord God. We thank you for opening their eyes and their ears and their hearts, Lord God. That your goodness and your love would be revealed to them, Father, that would draw them to you. Father, we thank you that you will make a way of escape. It's who you are. Amen. It's who you are, God. You are the way maker. You make a, a, a way in the desert, Father God. Where there seems to be no way, you make a way, Father. Amen. You can rescue them. You will rescue them, Father. You will bring them in, into yourself, Father God, into the kingdom of your marvelous light, that they would have an intimate relationship with you, Father, through Jesus Christ. And you will bring them home to us, Father God. You will, Lord. We praise you. We praise you for what you're doing, God. We praise you for what you're going to do. And Father, we thank you that as we wait on you, that we will mount up with wings as eagles. We will walk and not faint. We will run and not grow weary. In the name of Jesus, Father, we give you all the glory, 
all the glory for your perfect time and your perfect way that is so far above ours, Lord God. But we know it's going to be perfect, and it's going to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Lord, let the word that comes out of my mouth be pleasing to you, I pray. Lord, your word says in, Je in Isaiah 55:10, For as the rain comes down from and the snow from heaven, and do not return there, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and bud, that it may be, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word that goes forth from my mouth, it shall not return to us void, but it shall accomplish what we please, and it shall prosper in the way in which we send it. So I make a declaration today for all of us that if God is for us, all our enemies are scattered. Amen. And I declare that Amen. as for we and our house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. That we are saved, and so is all our household. Amen. I declare that the Lord is our Jehovah Jireh, and so all our needs are met. We speak to the mountains, and we say, mountain of separation, mountain of strife, mountain of divorce, be gone in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. And we declare that miracle signs and wonders will follow us. Amen. And all of this by the resurrection power of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Lord, tonight we pray for the children of divorce and the children of separation and the children that are living in a home where there's not harmony between mom and dad. And God, it doesn't matter what age that child is, whether it's a toddler or whether it's an adult child. We know that there's devastating effects on children that witness it. And God, tonight I pray that you would protect these children. Lord, some of them are adult children and they're just realizing things that a parent has been involved in and a life that they thought they've lived and known the truth of was a false life. And I pray that you would just be with these children, God. May they not turn their back on you, those who know you. And may they not think that everything that they've known was a lie. God, I pray that you would just draw these children that are hurting unto yourself. And Lord, I pray for the moms and the dads that are home alone, and they may be the only parent that has a relationship with you. They may be the only one pointing their child to you. And God, I pray that you would just give them strength as they play the role of mom and dad. Not only as exhausting as it can be to just do that day in and day out without a partner there to help you, but Lord, spiritually as they lead their children alone, I pray that you would just pour out your blessings on them. God, I pray that you would give these single parents rest where they can't find rest and you would give them strength and you would give them health so they do not get sick and they're able to care for their children. God, I pray for the children that are old enough to realize right now that daddy or mommy has left the home and they may be going through thoughts blaming themselves. They may wonder what they've done to cause this. They may wonder if they were bad or if they had anything to do with it. And God, I pray that you would just protect these little ones' hearts God, help them to realize that it has nothing to do with them, and it has to do with an enemy that has come in to try to divide a home. God, I pray that you would just be with these families, Lord, and I pray that they would not get back together just for the sake of having a restored marriage to say that, 
but they can be back together and restored so that the whole family knows you. God, Amen. that's what we want. We want the generational Amen. divorces to stop, and we want the kids that are living in this to, to not have to endure the same pain in their marriages. And God, that's starting with each and every man and woman that's in this room tonight. That's what they're standing for, for kids that they may not even have yet, for grandkids that they may not even have yet, so that they will know what mom or dad or what grandma or grandpa did to fight for their family. God, I was that teenager that was in a divorced home, and I was that one who thought it was a good situation to finally have my dad gone and have peace in the home. And Lord, you quickly showed me the same thing you showed my mom, that there was a better way and that there was a better path. And God, I pray that while these kids are living through this right now, that you would protect them. Lord, we know the enemy would love nothing more than to have these children fall to the world and to fall into sin and to walk away from you. And I just pray that you would protect them. Protect them from the technology that is out there that wants to tempt them. Amen. I pray that you would protect them from the drugs and the alcohol that they may encounter with their friends or at school. I pray that they would be able to stand up and be bold for you just like their mom or their dad that's standing for their marriage. And God, I pray that you would just help even these children to be witnesses to the parent that's gone, where they can witness to the parent and just show them through their tender, childlike faith that they believe that you do love me, mommy or daddy, and that you will come home. I pray that you would just bring about revival in these homes and that families would be the ones that show the church the power that you have, God. We thank you for using each of us despite the pain that we're in. Lord, we know that you're using us, and we wouldn't have picked this up off an altar to go through, God, but we know that it is the cross that you've given us right now, and we will bear it, and if you will be glorified through our trials, Lord, then allow them to happen and allow us to go through them. God, we want you to be glorified in each and everything that happens, whatever that means, and I pray that you would just help us to surrender to that and that we would be willing to to do that so that you can be glorified. Lord, as we continue on in prayer now, I just pray that you would just hear each and every prayer that's lifted up to you tonight. In your name, amen. Amen. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you have done since we started praising you and since we started reading the word. And Lord, we've heard uh, two of us speak tonight, and I pray they have been doubly blessed. And Lord, we just pray for every one of these people that came in with such a heavy heart and uh, such um, un lack of faith, such um, worry and concern about so many different trials and tribulations that they're facing right now and the anticipation of different dates of this summer with children uh, and so many children going and being with different parents and going on vacations and traveling. And Lord, we just pray you would be with every one of our children, every one of your children that has to travel, goes and sees their mom or dad and has to be with the other person. Lord, we just ask that you will protect them from their innocence of, of having to see all of this. But Lord, we ask that you would have them be a prayer warrior there while they see all that's going on. May they pray that daddy or mommy will still want to come home sooner than later and that they, you will open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light, turn their mom and dad to turn them from the power of Satan to God to 
receive forgiveness of their sins and that they will cry out like David and say, cleanse me from all of my impurities. Create in me a pure heart. Oh Lord, we are asking you to touch every one of the prodigals, wherever they may be, with all the children that are involved that Lori talked about. There are so many children that are innocent from the time that they are a baby before birth that their father has left to now. And Lord, we are asking that they be an adult. There are uh, young adults that have mom and dad gone that they don't even think they'll want to get married. So Lord, we just ask that you will intercede and touch all the children's hearts, but most of all, touch the prodigal's heart tonight. Touch the one that has gone wayward, that was gone astray, that was a man of God, that was a, that was a teacher of the word, that ones that have uh, denied the Lord, and uh, the children that are now saying they're atheists because their mother or father, who were such men of God or women of God, that they have just decided God doesn't exist. Lord, we need you to reveal your mighty power in every one of these families' homes. And that is what we're praying. Revive us, O oh Lord. We're praying that if there's any of the men and women that are here tonight or listening on the radio, that they will be touched and that they do not know the Lord Jesus Christ personally. We're praying tonight. You're saying, I want Jesus. I want to come to know Jesus Christ as my Savior and forgive me of all my sins. Forgive me of all that I've done. Forgive me of all the past. And Lord, I pray you will break all the generational sins of divorce being passed on from one generation to another. Alcohol, one generation to another. Drugs or, or witchcraft or whatever that has been in your generation of families. We pray you will break and sever, cut and destroy all of the generational sins of the badness, but the goodness of the ones that know the Lord Jesus Christ. We're asking you would touch and you would save these young men, women, the ones that are here that have just heard about us, that have not made that final commitment to ask Jesus Christ to come into your life and be Lord and Savior of their life, to cleanse them from all impurities. Tonight's the night you can do it. And you can go to Lori, you come to me, or any one of our prayer partners and, and ask us to pray. Go to one of them, two of our men that have been here all the time, and they will lead you to, into the Lord. And we just are praying for salvation to start here and here and then start around the world to all our spouses that are missing and our, our POWs right now because they're a prisoner of the enemy that have been blinded and deceived. And Lord, we're asking you to open their eyes, open their ears, open their heart and dig it up so that you, we can plant good seed. You can plant good seed wherever they go, wherever you take them, that you will put messengers of the Lord around them and co-workers or whatever. You can plan it. Your plan is 10 times better, 100 times better than our, our will, our way, and your wills and way. And we just ask, Father, that you will touch them and you will have them become like a uh, King David where he had committed murder and where he had committed adultery, that he repented and he cried out and he turned from his wicked ways. And that is where we are asking that you would touch 
all the prodigals, that they will come to their senses. They will escape from the trap of the enemy, as it says in 2 Timothy. And they will flee and run like Bob did, driving down two hours to come here. He had been told to go home and was disobedient for months and years because he was told to go home the day he left. And Lord, we are asking now that you would speak to all of the prodigals and tell them, go home now. Now, be obedient. No more disobedience. There's consequences. And Lord, we must be consistent. And Lord, I pray about the standard. Are you ready to receive your spouse now? Have you got control of your tongue? Have you got control of forgiving the past that you will not berate them when they walk in and, and ask all about what they have done or do you know what it cost us? Do you know what, where it's taken our children? May we forgive them completely from the head to the heart to the tongue that we receive them in love, unconditional love, no strings attached. As our Lord accepts us and forgives us every day we fail in our walk with the Lord. Oh, Lord, we are asking that this will be a night where thousands and thousands of prodigals will come to their senses. They'll have dreams. They'll have visions. They will have so many people talking to them about marriage restoration and sharing their story and that the he will, or she will start to think, maybe there is hope. My wife is, or my husband is not married yet. They're still waiting. And Lord, may they know the door is open. And Lord, we pray that you will just move the mountains, melt the mountains that every one of these men and women are facing this very night and melt it tonight like wax in the name of Jesus. We know you can do it. You can speak to any mountain and say, have faith in God, it says, and throw that mountain into the deepest ocean. But it says, but if we have unforgiveness and if we do not believe, we will not receive. So Lord, help us in Mark 11. Help us to be more like you and help us to say doubt and fear and unbelief be gone from me in the name of Jesus. I choose to take captive every thought and make it obedient to the Lord Jesus Christ. And we're saying, Lord, change me first. Change me first, mold me, make me, and then go and touch my husband or my children that are rebelling and are in the far country. Lord, we ask that you would set every one of the ones that are drug addicts or um, that are on alcohol or in an addiction with alcohol or drugs or pills or whatever it is, ungodly uh, lifestyle, we ask you to go and set them free in the name of Jesus. You can do it. You can deliver them or you can get them in a rehab that they can be delivered. And we know that they need to cry out and say, I need help. And that's the first step of going for recovery. And we ask that you, we pray for Celebrate Recoveries and the other programs that are all around the world, that you would just touch them and set them free. And we will stand by their side waiting for them to get total deliverance. It, nothing, nothing is too hard for you. And you said, is anything too hard for me? Now will we believe and will we stand firm? 
will we come back as often as we can and be filled up so we will not have the enemy steal our faith, our hope, our joy, our faith and believing that God can do this at any time, but we have to be ready. We have to have our home ready. We have to have our, our spiritual house ready. And we will just give you the praise and the glory, Lord, of what you are going to do. We pray for a tsunami to come around the world of marriages being restored each and every day. And we'll give you the praise. We'll give you the glory. Now bless these people. May you protect them from all that they've gone through today. May you let them and put the blood of Jesus, hedge of protection wall of fire around them when they leave here and may they think of only the good things not the bad and may they and ponder what you have said to them and revealed to them tonight and may they not be discouraged but praise the lord and and learn that there's other people right around them that can end up praying for them and uh, be a lighthouse to these new people that are tonight open up and get uh, meet more new people tonight and we'll just give you the praise we'll give you the glory and honor for what you have done tonight in Jesus name, amen amen If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.